Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. Tonight, I'm joined with Birdie. Hey, how's it going? And Forty. Hey, fellas. And Ham is working hard to keep the economy going, so unfortunately he can't be with us at the moment. He's the hero we um, need and the one we deserve, eh? Yes, exactly. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to release a game companion. We're going to download that short... Uh, we're, sorry, we're going to put that together shortly, um, which will be to be released and to watch aside the Titans game. Um so you'll have ham for that one. We'll record that later in the week and hopefully get it to you by the weekend. But um, let's get the elephant out of the the elephant in the room. Let's deal with it. Uh, being the coronavirus, the season has been postponed as of now. Uh, the latest coming out from the NRL is that they need to recommence the season in September at the latest. Um, so initial thoughts, guys. Um, what do we think about that? Oh, geez, it's a, it's a tough one because you'd think on paper by September, which is, you know, five, six months away that we should be able to get there. But the way the world's going, who knows? Um, you'd like to think they can get it done, but it's um, so much up in the air at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Not too, um, I'm not too confident, lads. I just think when you compare to what you see, like I think we've got 12 months, no, sorry, 12 weeks of pay in the bank and you look at AFL, they want 10 weeks off. Like I don't think the NRL can survive if that makes it. I honestly think... This will set back the NRL. We'll be on. We won't be as worse as rugby union, but AF will be the clear number one sport, like financially. And I just, I'm happy that we've got. We just passed that vote, didn't we? Where the club, the league's club, has to support us. I think that's true. But I'm, um, I'm just, yeah. I, I expect us to lose a couple of teams, and yeah, this is gonna get, this is gonna get bad, very bad. Yeah, we're just hoping that we can get all 16 teams through. Uh, the break period, um, I understand they're going to be looking at everything. And, and one of the things thrown around today was dipping into the ANZ funding that's been yeah. secured. Uh, which would make million, sense. Right? Sorry, yes, it's about 800 odd million. So um, you think that'd be able to secure a little bit f- for, the, for the foreseeable future. Um, but, you know, uncertain times, uh, we'll see what will happen going around. I'm fairly confident that Parramatta can ride this out. Um, should football not be played this season uh, without Leagues Club, they've got a bit of money in the bank. Plus, I understand they've got some real estate. So, no, the, the I don't figures, think we should be too worried. The figures I saw bandied about by someone that did a poking around in the last report was I think it's $9 million in either cash reserve or, or liquid assets. And I think uh, roughly $20 million in investment property before you start touching mainline assets. So, the, the Leagues Club does have some room to even maneuver via sales or as uh, collateral against any sort of loan they put, can go for. So Yeah, I think we're pretty secure, but it might not be the same story for some other clubs. And just reports that came out before the shutdown were that um, some of the more uh, senior players on bigger tier deals were happy to, to step in and hand, lend a hand to um, some of the other players, at least in uh, the Eels team. Uh, a bit of a departure from uh, a certain West Tigers player who <laughs> said, I want mine and screw everybody else. Um, but again, we'll see how that all plays out. Um, I think it's probably going to be a result where players are going to have to take a bit of a haircut. Um, but given in the wider economy, we've seen jobs being shed left, right and centre. Um, if you're taking a pay cup and able to keep your job, um, you know, that's that's for some people, the best they can do in exactly. this situation at the moment. Exactly. And uh, I do, any any player that has come out with the right sort of attitude, I have to tip my hat to. I think it was Nathan Cleary was on the news earlier and he actually um, presented a pretty good case as far as mm. realising how much better he has it against the, the rest of Australia. Um, so there are plenty of players that are aware of, you know, what the situation is in the real world. And unfortunately, there are also a few of them that don't have any idea or don't care. So 
I think, and like I said, there was a report going back that the Parramatta senior playing group were willing to take pay cuts to help the other guys, which is what you love to see. And I think that that really speaks towards the group of players that we have at the club now. So hopefully we can keep them all. Um, God knows what will happen with the NRL moving forward. So, Well, just on that camaraderie, uh, the the try celebration for old Penny Terrapo from Blake Ferguson. <laughs> you think Fergo scored that try himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh... And with that, we'll move into a review of the Eels game. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up that COVID-19 chat. Uh, we live in uncertain times. The, the, the landscape will change within days or weeks. Um, as we touched on last week, uh, we did a preview of the, all the New South Wales Rugby League junior reps and the uh, under-18, uh, under sorry, and first grade. Or is it under-21s? Under 21, under, isn't that flick? Uh, tw- 20s, still 20s, as in change. Under 20, sorry. Yeah. My bad. It used to be 21, didn't and it? It, it, was, it was also proposed um, when they got rid of the Holden Cup that they would look at 21s again, but no, it stayed at 20s. Yeah, because that was the old three guards. It was 21s, reserves, and then first. Yeah. Um, but in any event, um, we said, you know, it was highly likely that it was going to be suspended, but we thought we'd do the preview just in case, and then the next day it was all suspended. So, um, yeah, things are going to change from day to day, um, and hopefully everybody out there is keeping safe. Uh, this is real. Stay inside. Uh, self-isolate. If you have symptoms, ring the, the, the line. Don't go running into your, your GP. Um, but, yeah, listen to, to people who are far yeah, smarter do, than us. Do your civic duties. This is a time where you have to help out your country by, you know, quarantining or self-isolating. So we're not, you're not asking much. I know it, it seems tough to, you know, put yourself on ice for two weeks or three weeks, but... You know, it goes a long way towards uh, hoping get it, the country on top of this spread because, as we've seen with Italy and other countries, if you don't get on top of it, it the results are devastating. Yep, got to flatten that curve out. Um, so we're not choosing who's going to die because we can't get them a respirator. Um, all right, well, let's get on to, in lighter news, uh, a review of the Eels' big win against the Titans. Sivo, now Moses is away with Gutherson in support. Back up the inside, runs the semi, runs to the hound, and will run past him to score! The speed of Mitch Moses. Going to the left-hand side, Moses inside. Paulo gives it to Marnie. At the moment, they're tied to side. The Titans are just lapping it up. Evans with the basketball pass, Dylan Brown spinning and he finds a way in. Evans gets into the in goal area, he thinks he scored. Kane Evans wants to give it something, wants to give it a yicky shuffle. He's got a bit of something, Kane Evans. It's Moses coming back to the short lines, Gutherson, here's some numbers. Brown, Jennings, Sivo on his outside, ball around the corner. That was lovely to watch and they're in once again. Evans. Diving in to score, Penny Terrapo. The forwards are having their way at the moment for the blue. They are way on low strength here is Brown. Looking for a second, spinning. He'll dive in and get it as well. 46-6. Try scorers Mitch Moses, Reed Marnie, Dill Brown with a brace. Kane Evans, Makasivo and Penny Terrapo going for his first try since 2014. Maybe, that, uh, maybe that's why there. Fergo was uh, celebrating so enthusiastically. He didn't have to see Penny's bare ass. On the nitty run at the end of the year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Conversions. Mitch Moses kicking at 100% so far this season. Seven from seven and two penalty goals. And then for the Titans, Dale Copley with a penalty goal to Ash Taylor coming from that eight-point try or potential eight-point try 
And I'll just start on that um, obvious eight-point try there. Yeah, no, I, no I know what Nathan Brown was trying to do when he's trying to save a try, but, you know, obviously the result of it was knees to the ribs. And if the, the competition is to go forward, he'll be sitting out at least a week and yes. deservedly so. Yeah, he was up for two weeks, but one feel guilty. And you could tell from the um, the game feed, he knew straight away that he'd misjudged the um, the save, try save attempt because he came back at the Copley straight away to um, check if he was okay. And it turns out he wasn't because – Ribs, uh, ribs getting hit with knees that hard, you know, it's going to do some damage. Yeah, and it's very unfortunate. And, it, you know, it, we're probably in a best position to say it now because it hasn't happened to us, but we've done it to somebody else. It's just another highlight of why there should be an 18th man, or at least that's my submission. Yeah, uh, there absolutely. Be an 18th man and on the bench. With, with the, imp- the importance of um, managing concussions and head knocks um, on top of any other sort of injuries, I just feel like it's an important area for the game to move towards and sure, some teams are going to abuse it, but at some point, if it's available to every team, it's something that can be abused fairly, as weird as that sounds. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the HIAs. We get shit for abusing it, but everybody else is open to abuse it as much as possible. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's a player welfare thing. So I, I would like to see the, club, the NRL at some point in the near future move towards that 18th man model. And um, what did you like from the game, Bertie? Yeah, I just thought um, we we controlled them essentially. Like, they didn't kick. Besides a couple of kicks from Taylor, they didn't kick. The kicks weren't that dangerous. Um, you know, we it was like a training run essentially in the second half. Like there was a twenty minute period where we were just everyone was just dropping the ball, and that could come down to like a bit of fatigue or the conditions. But I wasn't in danger at all. Like I was just like when they scored that try, I was like a bit more pissed because of course they score a lucky, you know, lucky try off a um, back back, and you know, Marnie could have just stopped uh, Wallace, but it's just yeah, I, I wasn't. Too worried about the game heading in. I was just um just want us to show our attacking form because you know apparently one one ex player reckons we don't have enough strike power, but it was good to see that we you know we put on a bit of a score. The frightening thing is if we didn't if we cut that twenty minute shit out, you know it could have been you know cricket score. Could have been sixty like, plus, yeah. Yeah, and you look at Wonga Blake just when he cuts back in, he's just a man like he's just a, ma- a mountain like he can't get stopped. And yeah, um, I thought Dylan Brown was excellent. Like you know we did our votes and. You know, I left uh, Junior Paulo out, but it was just a very tough vote. I just thought Kane Evans, he looks, he's, he's exactly like Junior Paulo, but he's like six foot plus tall. He's so, he looks bigger this year, harder to stop. And, you know, um, when you compare him to Daniel Alvaro, because um, them two most likely will fight each other for the bench spot, like he's just a bigger version, bigger body. And you can tell by the try he scored. And every time he, he tried to look for the offload, it was perfect. It didn't look like awkward or. I, I, I like that on Dylan Brown's first try, Kane freed the first arm, then got the second arm out there to make sure he could control the offload. Which, you know, he's thrown some speckies in the past, but like you said, he had a good, good firm control of the offloads in that game. And yeah. it's funny because I was looking at the numbers in my post-game blog and the, they didn't really jump off the stat sheet. I think they had him down for 10 runs, 81 meters, which really didn't reflect how dominant he was off the bench, but he absolutely killed it. They, they could not stop him in the red zone. He set up two tries, scored one, and was just carrying Titans of every carry. And that—that that is what you really want to see from your bench prop. Um, and especially, yeah. it's such a good look too because he was a player that uh, missed out on a starting spot after a really, really solid twenty nineteen because he went out and got a you know a high profile prop in Reg Reagan Campbell Gillard. But um, it looks like Kane's responded in exactly the way you want to see a guy respond, which is awesome. Fancy um, fancy making Penny Terrapin look like David Fafita. That line he ran, I was like, God damn. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Um, and, um, that was when their spirits were broken, though. And that and that's a interesting point to sort of uh, segue to, is that reflecting on that game, that really felt like it was watching Parramatta when we were really shit, where we'd sort of hang around for 50 minutes against you know contenders, and then the floodgates just open. 
and that's exactly what happened there. The Gold Coast hung around. I understand there were injuries that you know didn't help them, but you know Parramatta lost their uh, first choice rake, and that's a pretty huge you know handicap. Mm. And the, the, once once we sort of broke them, they, we just piled the points on, and it was a thirty two unanswered points in the end. Um, as we we scored them in like twenty minutes or something like that, just crazy. Just on that, I thought uh, Mitch Moses, whilst you know doesn't jump off the stat sheet. Uh, a very controlled game and playing to a game plan, which was once they, they did get all those injuries and they were down on bench players, uh, continuing to direct the traffic up the middle to just tire out their, their middles um, and keeping to that plan until, as you said, uh, the Titans were broken, um, both physically and mentally. Um, and then at that point, sort of getting it to the edges. Uh, but I really like that. Like, I know watching it live, it was a bit frustrating seeing them continually do back unders lines back into the middle, but that was the, the pa- that was, was the payoff, wasn't it? Exactly, out. exactly. That was where the payoff was. So there was, as you know, as frustrating as it was in the sense initially, like you're saying that you want to see him attacking Cartwright and Nash Taylor because they're the obvious weak links defensively. They were clearly working to a game plan where they would absolutely exhaust the middle and then expose the edges even more. So they did a very good job at that. Um, I think you, you mentioned it, Bertie, but Dylan had a great bounce back game after round one where he did a lot of defensive work but didn't really have much save the ball. Um, he was he was close to about half a dozen line breaks, it felt like. I know he still scored two tries, but um, he was running the ball with intent and it was only a couple of shoestring tackles in the first half that kept him from doing more damage. Um, and, and I think I found a stat uh, that was posted, uh, was it the NRL.com or something like that, that Dylan Brown and, and Mitchell Moses, between the two of them, outran the entire like, forward pack for the Titans, which is just insane. I know about Mitch yeah, Moses. Yeah, well, Titans invite us, didn't they? They dropped the ball yeah. on the first and second tackle. I, I, know about, I know about Mitch Moses did have that sweet little 80 meter run to pad out the stats, but um, between the two of them, and they, they, they actually ended up on the revised stats on Arrow.com, built at 156 meters off 13 runs each perfectly. So there you go. His um, short kicking game was perfect. It could have been like down to luck with the terms of bounces, but. But it was if, just a couple. T- if if you watch, you know? he was doing, and I wonder if this was Andrew Johns or it's just Dylan's natural uh, uh, preclusion towards it. He was sort of putting that backspin on those low stabbed kicks to give it the best chance of pulling up in goals. But um, he he really found range of that, which is awesome because every complimentary piece we can have towards Mitchell Moses is so good for our team, right? Well, so good for our team right now if the season was still going. But in general, um, but it's a funny game because you know. Uh, Quint Gufferson had to play hooker for most of the game. Still managed to go for 192 metres off 19 runs and have a phenomenal effort from our captain. Junior Paulo well, cracked. I just want to touch on Gutho. Like, he's so underrated, I think. Like, I think people overrated him and now he's completely underrated. Well, there's that, been that, that, amongst... That getting out from dummy half, uh, those scoots, he picks up, you know, 12, 15 metres That's every right, single huge. time he does it. And there's sort of, there's been a backlash towards his meteoric rise as a as a character in the game where he was very popular last year and the year before. And then sort of this year, everyone's, like you said, there's been that little uh, bite back of how he's overrated and whatnot. And, you know, once again, he's not, a, he's not an absolutely elite fullback in that, you know, top tier of guys where you've got, uh, you've got a uh, Tedesco, Tedesco, RTS, RTS and uh, Tom Trojevic sort and of there. That's and right. And, and probably and in that second tier is uh, Ponga when, when he, when he's puts on it all together. That's right. Um, and I guess you could put CNK from the, the Raiders again, That's but right. he's and, only had and, one season. And Guffo's hanging around that second crowd as like a really consistent all-round player. And, you know, he, it's because he, he yeah. signed that big contract. Because like, But was, it, was it a big contract? Okay. Like in, in respect to what we're seeing with some of the deals on the table for other players these days, I think Well, Gaffo, for someone who hasn't played, like I don't want to ra- shit, you know, shit talk <laughs> no. Guffo. Like without playing set of origin, like is that a biggish contract for someone? Like, I mean, I think that's in line for yeah, a spine for, for, for a, a fringe rep rep player 
in the spine. And and by all reports, Guffo impressed so much in his uh, extra man capacity at Origin, they want him back this year, or they were going to have him back this year, um, right in the mix for it. So, you know, Guffo does the job for us, and, you know, he has the odd mistake, but a lot of players do, and I'm, I'm really not complaining. Speaking of speaking of mistakes, what about Fergo? Thank oh, he has to get that one <laughs> mistake in him enough that he's Gucci. Like it's just yeah. That that I mean to be fair, it was a tough. I mean, the, it was a tough dropout. But yes, that was a Barry Crocker. Got to you know, use your foot, mate. While, while, foot. That's right. And while we're throwing out some accusations and pointing fingers, I think that um I know he got injured, but Reed and and Ryan Madison had a really weak start defensively. Um, they were doing a bit of um, arm grabbing and whatnot, and that helped result in the first try for the Titans. But um, I think they tightened it up after that, if you pardon the pun, tighten up. <laughs> um, but yeah, and we mentioned him before, Junior Paulo, um, he cracked the 200-meter mark off 19 runs, absolutely Herculean effort. Um, he is really blossoming into a, a A-lister, a proper, you know, a marquee prop, an elite forward. And there's other guys getting more, or there, there were other guys getting more noise. It's hard to adjust your language about the season because the season's not on anymore. There were guys getting a lot more noise, like they've feeder Jason Tamalolo and Payne Haas, and understandably so because they're superstars. But Junior's been right up there this season for the two games. Yeah, I think people laughing at him being called out for a potential Origin berth this year even, um, even under regular circumstances were were kidding themselves yeah. um, at laughing at at that. And the, I mean, the last two players I want to give a shout out to. I feel like I'm shouting the entire team at this point. <laughs> but um, how good is Michael Jennings? Like, the, oh man. The, the grey ghost. Yeah, the guy just does not age. I know he had, alongside the rest of the team, a pretty you know mediocre 2018, but since then he has just been the utter, by consummate professional. Um, and what he's, what he's lost is half a step in speed. He makes up for in his knowledge of the game and knowing where to be, when to be at the right time. He was just Especially defensively with Sivo, who has a tendency to sort of rush up and out. It makes a huge difference, um, Jennings is a great rock for him. Because the Titans went at him a couple of times early on in that game, and they just played it expertly and... Forced the forced the errors on the goal line, and it could have been you know a different game. The Titans crossed in those moments, and the other guy I want to give a rap to was Sivo himself because he's been under a lot of scrutiny um, on and off the field with the uh, the stuff that happened in Fiji, and then he didn't have you know exactly a red hot preseason, but he ended up pumping out 158 meters, scored a good try, and he scored another one if it wasn't for some great last ditch defense. And he looked more like himself this week than he did um, for the entire preseason. So it's a shame that the season's over because we were really warming up into some terrific form it looked like at the back end of that game. Yeah, certainly got the attack working together. Um, but again, it must be said, a pretty soft draw to start off. Bulldogs getting towed up by the Cowboys. And Titans, they got towed up by the Raiders the week before. So I don't think if, if it was under regular circumstances we would have been getting ahead of ourselves, we would have said we had a tough game no. going up to Cowboys to play them at their own home stadium. But it should um, I think that there should be a qualifying statement for the entire NRL and that I thought it was a pretty weak start for the entire competition this year. Um, all the would- I, I agree with that. All the would-be contenders looked very scrappy. Canberra managed to uh, grind out a couple of you know wins the way we did, or similar to the way we did, except we probably um, accounted for the Titans better than they did in round one. Uh, and yeah, aside from that... They, they had a softer draw, because if you look at last year, uh, War- uh, Warriors had one less win than the Bulldogs. So we played... Like, if you compare who had the most wins, we versus, both the teams we played, they had 14 wins between them. Raiders had 13 wins between them, the, their opponents. Mm. So if you're going to praise Canberra, you know, like... 
Like it just at least. But I, I've up. seen I've, I've seen plenty of Canberra fans admit that their wins were scrappy. It's just it's the nature yeah. of the competition this year. I mean, the Roosters went on two in the first two rounds. Melbourne looked very. Uh, they got the they got the two wins much like us, but they looked very scrappy. Um, I don't know if anyone caught that game against Cronulla, but geez, there were some awful mistakes from both teams in that game. Yeah, Sharks threw that away in the last five yeah. minutes. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the Eels did what they had to do on the first two rounds, and they ended up with the best attack and best defense out of it. And yes, you can only play what's in front of you. And yes, we got some weak competition, but they did. You know, they did enough, and that was very encouraging. And it's a shame that the season isn't keep, isn't running as a such. Yeah, bigger things in the world. That's exactly right. Much, much bigger, much more important things, which is, you know, sad but true. But, yeah, I have to say, I, I agree with that. It was a fair bit of scrap. It was, it was, it's just, I think um, we come to the end of a season and we think that the football is going to start up where it has it, finished it, off. Every year, without fail, it's, it's like a built-in expectation for every fan. And you've got to sort of temper it every year and you get back in the football. It's like, man, these teams are playing some ugly footy. Yep, and, and it's just regular first you know, three to four round footy where teams, you know, either they're really terrible or they're really good. But what what I was really pleased with is there's one thing that you really can control at the beginning of the season is your defense. And we let in eight points in the first two round, uh, two penalty goals and one try coming off a, you know, freakish sort of bat back and second phase play. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, say what you want about the competition we played, but you know, you can control your defense. And we saw some other teams uh, let in some some much worse tries. I think if you just go to the to the Knights Tigers game. Oh my god, defense was, was optional. Defense there. optional. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing worth mentioning as a somewhat of a silver lining to the entire NRL being put on hiatus is that we were potentially going to be without Reed Money for up to two months is what was being discussed, I think, in the media. Correct. Um, and all of a sudden now, broken foot, broken bone. Yeah, as exactly. Yeah, Which looking does. looking at that entire se- like se- uh, sequence was just crazy, wasn't it? Because I, I wasn't mad at um, Tyrone Peachy because that was incidental contact going for the ball, and Reed sort of just gets bumped back and somehow breaks his foot. Just crazy. But yeah, that means that um, if the competition has to start at June by the earliest, he should be fit, which will be you know a huge boost to our potential um, uh, stocks for the Premiership moving forwards if there is a competition to come back to. Yes, yeah, so I was very much reminded of the. Uh, NR- oh, sorry, go, Bertie. You go, Bertie. I was going to say going back to like. What you said about defense, Bulldogs is one bad tackle. It was that Penny Terrapo tackle on Della Martin Zelesniak. And this week was one tackle on um, uh, Madison. Maddo, yeah, missed yeah. Ash Taylor. That's right. Two, so essentially two games. line breaks in two games. Like uh, we're, It's just one tackle, one one arm tackle, you know, breaks. Other than that, we're solid defensive. We're probably like, I'd rate us probably nine, eight out of ten. But yeah, just one tackle not that bad. I mean, compared I mean, to last year, Canberra followed a similar, traje- uh, similar trajectory in their preseason last year, where they focused very intensely on defense and trusted that their attack would come with all the personnel they have. And I think Parramatta did something very similar this year, knowing that we have one of the most potent attacking outfits across the entire NRL. And I think if you were to project where we're going to be, I think we'll, we're trending towards where we really need to be with that strong defense and the attack coming into its own, just based on the combinations that you trust. Yeah, and I think we started off the season. Uh, essentially the way that we wanted to, given the relative ease of the draw, we were tracking for or trending towards, uh, you know, wins in those first couple of rounds where we thought we should get wins. Um, and again, an away win, even if it is against the Titans, uh, winning away is never easy. Exactly. So, um, well, yeah, I think that about wraps us up for the first grade review. Again, there will be no reviews of the New South Wales RL because that's all on hiatus. Um, so that leaves us with something I've put together. Um, 
because I've gone a bit stir crazy, I'm working from home now. I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that. Um, but it gets me up at 5.30 in the morning, so I go for a walk. And uh, whilst I was going for a walk this morning, brain was just flicking over. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if any of you have school children, but if you do, except unless you're an essential worker, they've essentially been sent home to, to be homeschooled. And I think we all need a, a bit of a curriculum that incorporates rugby league. So I put together something in my head on my walk today. And I'm going to go through them, one through sixteen uh, lessons to to teach your children um, about the 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 wider world plus rugby league. So starting with eels, one o one cooking with the eels, a lesson in wooden crockery. One o two Newcastle, a guide to uppers and how they're better than Lego. <laughs> Bertie, you you had you had a you had a separate idea to this one. What was it? It was yeah. My milkshake brings little boys to the yard. So hats off to you, uh, Ponga. But yeah. <laughs> a separate se- uh, cooking segment. Uh, <laughs> 103, green Canberra milk makes for brittle defence most of the time. 104, storm accountancy 101, why two sets of books are better than one. <laughs> 105, two heads, the danger of inbreeding in Brisbane, a case study. 106, amateur videos and when not to share your collection, the Panthers. <laughs> 107, flipping houses with the Cowboys. 108, bunnies, dental hygiene and why it's important. 109, relationship studies with the Tigers and the importance of not being a bitter ex. (laughs) 1.10, everyone hates manly and why you should too. (laughs) 111, physiology with the sharks, managing your first cycle. 1.12, trickle down economics with the roosters. (laughs) 1.13, nepotism in the red V and how it can keep you employed. 1.14, 1.14, ethics with the Bulldogs. Just because it's legal doesn't make it right. Yowch, that's a bit of mic drop right there. <laughs> 1.15, Warriors, how chili bins can save you when they cut the power. 1.16, Titans, how to deal with constant disappointment and failure. So <laughs> they're my lesson outlines for the next 16 weeks. Uh, Study up. Kid involved in rugby league. Um, if you want some more, uh, uh, the actual lesson plans, uh, sneak into the DMs, as Ham would say. <laughs> Checking out the after hours uh, curriculum for the over eighteen lads. Well, talking about after hours, I saw uh, is a Pornhub has got premium for free for the next two months. So, um, you know, if you want a bit of premium content, a, uh, in, in line of fact, there was that um, funny little graph that showed the corona infection rate versus the Pornhub user rate. And, well, uh, I think you know, corona causes, um, or, or is it fapping causes corona? <laughs> As Ron said, he's not going to use it, but you might as well sign up for it for free. Cor- correlation is causation. Yeah, so we, exactly. we see two lines going uh, directly up. Oh, God. Um, all right. Well, I think people are putting together a couple of ideas. Um, I've got one of trying to get together sort of a, a online 2020 tournament for Rugby League Live, uh, sort of putting that together at the moment and seeing anybody who's interested and try to play out the season that way, uh, put together a draw, put together teams um, in the online sphere and then go from there and, and put it up on Twitch or something like that. Um, but we've also got a couple of other things. One will be the game companion. So if you're lucky enough to have taped the game or um, I think you can probably watch it on Channel 9 now, their their app. I'm, I've never tried, but especially KO as well, I think. KO for members now is like what four bucks for the next two months or something. That's right. Like that. They they slash the prices to account yeah. for the um the downturn. Yeah, so um you can watch that, fire that up again. Hopefully, we should be able to get that out by the weekend. Um, we haven't fixed the timers yet, but we will soon. Um, but 
yeah, there's not too much. It's it's just all a bit depressing at the moment. No sport as a bit of a respite. Yeah, we haven't even got any um post sort of post uh podcast wind down talk, have we? Because there's nothing to talk about. Oh well, what we do is you know Ham has been on this bandwagon for a long period of time before he he went super famous. But Gel's Marble Runs is playing on ESPN now, <laughs> and I saw in the uh, I, I take part in the the betting. Uh, subreddit and um, some guy was really getting into try waging on who would win in gels marble <laughs> grum plot three at the moment <laughs> um so yes that's that's one-on-one on how you've you know you've got a gambling problem but, um, but those punters out there i think the horse horse racing still going at the moment i don't know if they'll shut that down short it's that marble racing like you focus on the leader and the next minute it takes one bad bounce yep it's, it's out the back and you're like well, where the hell did that go but uh you know what? Hats off to that guy for the dedication to, um, you know, the commitment, the commitment to do it all. Like I would have gave up after a while, but man, he's gonna he's gonna be famous one day, <laughs> or oh, he's gonna be f- even more famous after this. So he'll get us through this uh, epidemic. Man, I hope he's making bank off that ESPN deal. Oh, surely, surely there's a Marvel sponsor out there. Can we, surely we get a sponsor out for him, but man, it's who would have thought? Let me just film these Marvel racing, upload it to YouTube. And then um, we get all the hits, man. This is up there with um, one of you guys posted the frisbee tournament, frisbee uh, golf tournament. I was like, this is. Oh crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, there's um, I think Yomis Bro was Yomis Bro was the one I, I posted of, and they've got the in- incredible um production value for uh frisbee golf or golf frisbee, whatever you call it. This golf, this golf. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, golf seems to be one of the only um, ways to get out at the moment. Um, I know I played on Sunday with my stepdad and. In- it was absolutely jam-packed, and I don't know if that was because of corona or because of uh, it had been raining for the last couple of weekends. But, yeah, unfortunately, there's just there's no sport. There's nothing on at the moment. Um, yeah, things are bleak. Catch up on your Netflix. Catch up on your yeah. Disney Plus. Catch up on your um, uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, what are all the other ones? Hulu. Uh, yep, Hulu. Uh, I think, Stan, I think Amazon Prime released a uh, cricket documentary. That yes, had, there's um, a highly acclaimed one about the, um, the comeback from the scandal. Yeah, more tampering. They got a couple like later on this year. They're going to have one on uh, Tottenham, and they're actually going to have footage of when they sacked their coach. So it's going to be interesting. And yeah, they do uh, quite a few. It's actually um, worthwhile uh, doing. There's actually one thing I watched a couple of months ago. It's on YouTube. Um, it's something to do, something to do with um, New Zealand rugby union schools. How um, how intense they are, like the school, the high schools are. Uh, I'll get I'll get the name of it and tweet it out. But it's actually intense. Like just seeing how how I went to normal high school and you compare to them, how they're boarding and they're taking rugby union to the next level. And you, and it speaks wonders. Like you realize no wonder that all blacks are so well. Yeah. Their, their success starts with the juniors because um, yeah. union is taken so seriously there. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, pretty good. Other than that, um, not many, not much stuff to watch to be honest. There's only so much you can watch on Netflix. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm into the, what's that one with the sleeves? What's it called? Uh, you should know this 40. Come on. Help me Sorry, out. Sorry. Which one? Uh, with the body sleeves, they just released season two. Body sleeves, body sleeves, like tattoos. No, no, like it's in the future, and you can. Oh fucking hell! Hold on, let me get it up. <laughs> body sleeves, altered eh? carbon. That's oh, like, altered carbon. Yeah. yeah so I'd... go and um, jump into that. I've heard good things about Spencer Confidential. That's meant to be okay. Is that the one with um, the rock in it? No, nah, Marky Mark. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna ra- wrap it up here. Um, you should be getting that game companion uh, later this week, possibly on the weekend. And then other than that, we're probably going to take a break for a while uh-huh. until we get some word on when football might be coming back. 
And I've seen pretty much every podcast I subscribe to and YouTube channel are putting out like extra episodes and more content. So I think there's going to be plenty of content without uh, tuning into our pod. Just oh, keep well. an eye on um, NFL free agency. You know, Tom Brady's got a new team and just yeah, the draft the draft's still going ahead. Yeah, we, so. we haven't even got to a free agency in the NFL, have we? Mm. What an absolutely crazy offseason. Well, the biggest name on the market still is uh, Clowney, and yeah. he's waiting for twenty million. So well, he ain't gonna apparently, get no one, but... no one has come near that offer for him. Yeah, like, and Seattle's obviously playing the waiting game there, trying to bring him back. But yeah, it's a case of the player and the manager completely misreading what they think that like he is worth because uh, apparently injuries. those injuries and, and even though he's highly disruptive, the lack of sack numbers mean that yeah. no one wants to shell out um, premium money for him. Because he's only averaging like four to five sacks a, a year. He, like, when is, you look at that, it's not that much. Ab- yeah, he's absolutely it's devastating as, as far as like uh, pass rush win rate and all those other disruptive stats are. But as far as actually getting home to the QB, he hasn't ever yeah. really done it much. So evidently, um, and on top of that, there's also the new CBA coming down um, down the road soon. So um, they're trying to balance out, you know, securing a deal that'll let him maximize his value under that new expansion of the cap. So, lots, lots to wait and see still because there's plenty of quality players left in the free agency still and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of trades too because Seattle just traded for the Redskins uh, DB Quinton Dunbar so there's um sure I'm sure yeah, I was a bit sort of shocked that Balaga moved on yeah um, but it was too much cash for us to pay mm. so, so you just get a, a round one or two guy a round two guy to, to plug in there and the, the Packers have got great um, credentials when it comes to drafting those sort of um, linesmen so I'm sure they'll find a good replacement yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ricky. I, I don't know if you're listening, but like, um, the biggest loser of the off season so far are the Bears. Bears like, yeah, yeah. Just, signing yes. a signing a thirty year old to a five year deal, thirty six million dollar contract. Like, yeah, Jesus. But um, you still think you guys still think uh, Joe Burrow will still go number one, or almost, like especially almost to the Bengals? Right. Definitely. So I have a right. feeling maybe Bengals might trade out because someone's going to get desperate and offer like a ridiculous. Package maybe two firsts and two firsts and two seconds, but uh, there was rumor that the Dolphins, I think, uh, were looking at putting together a huge package. They've got about a million firsts this year, thanks mm. to all the trades they did. But they got it, three firsts. It'd, it'd have to be on par with the the trade that the Rams made for Robert Robert, uh, Robert uh, RG3, Robert Griffin III. Oh, yeah. Um, the the trade that the Redskins made with the Rams, which included like three first rounders or something, something like that. So. Because um, he is just seen as one of the most can't miss prospects since Andrew Luck, I think, after what he did this year in college football. Well, you look at, well, if you think he's Andrew Luck, this next one, next year's one, Sunshine, like, okay, he had a bad, yeah, he didn't have a good college game, but he's the next Peyton Manning. And, you know, they got, if, if someone's offering him two firsts, you know, second, there's plenty of um, capital to move up and get him. That's what I'm thinking. I just, I don't know, like, Burrow had one good year, you know, it's the same thing with Trubisky. He had one good year. And I always find it funny how they're saying the next Andrew Luck and, yeah, yeah, Andrew Luck was out of the league pretty yeah. quickly for it. it. It's just a, it shows you the bias that you know certain prospects get. So, well, to be honest, like without I'm not don't want to sound racist, but like who's the best white QB that's come out? Like there's not many. Like you can't talk Baker Mayfield. Like he's like they're comparing him to Drew Brees, but like in terms of size wise, like um, God, there's that's, no that, big that's pros- actually prospects. Actually, really, Andrew Luck had a, Andrew Luck was a killer at Stanford. That's why. So. That's right. He he had like all time yeah. numbers and whatnot. That's actually an interesting, interesting question. Who was the best? Caucasian QB in the last few years because there's been so many great um, African American QBs. Um, God, Josh Allen's probably Josh, up there. Josh Allen, one of the better one. yeah, well, he he's got he's got potential, but like Jimmy, Jimmy G, he can suppose. drop a ball, can drop yeah. a ball. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, God, I just think um, who was it? Well, they're comparing Jameis Winston, right? Look at his NFL career. But when he was in college, the first year he won the championship game for for Florida. Like it's just 
I don't know. I think that if you're good in college, doesn't like if you win championships, it's a plus, but it's not going to make you a good player. Like no. you look at Winston now, he's Man, 30 for 30. A, do yourself a favor and go see the the fumble Winston does in. I can't remember if it was the the championship game um, or one of them in in his last college year. It is the the worst fumble. It's like. You know, Fergo on the weekend, but dialed up by a hundred. Like <laughs> it took skill to fail that badly. And just on that, how great a stat um, for himself, Winston and Brady. Their last passes were both pick, pick sixes. sixes. Yeah, but for for Winston, his first pass was a pick six. Started his last one is his a career pick six. That, a pick six. that is yeah. insane. Thirty for thirty, man. That's like thirty interceptions. But for even the, uh, even Brady to finish his career as a, a Patriot with a pick six is just what a, what an insane thing. You just compare. Look at his team now. Like he's got weapons galore. Like Mike well, Evans. The is he can't. He can't throw downfield. He never was that good. But they've got a couple of good tight ends, so he can smash it under. The, yeah. Uh. I think they did a comparison, and and whilst they had similar throw numbers, Brady and Winston, um, the average distance thrown was something like four yards, dif- uh, five yards difference. So if you combine that overall. Um, Winston threw for 6,500 yards, where Brady threw closer to 4,500. So it shows the difference of the verticals for those yeah. two teams. Yeah. So if you're playing fantasy, if NFL does go ahead, um, I would be steering clear of those bucks um, outside, man. Mm-hmm. Early pro tip. And just on that, uh, footy tipping, uh, are any of you guys in paid comps? I, I'm the, the runner of our family one, and I've... People have been asking about whether they're getting their money back, and I said no. We're just on a uh, we're on a hiatus at the moment, and should the comp be cancelled, then it'll be refunds. Yeah, that, I agree. that's a sensible position. That is yeah, um, entirely uh, yeah. entirely reasonable. Yeah, but, uh, I'm only in um, the basic uh, Discord one and the uh, the podcast one. I think I'm coming. I think I jumped up to fourth in one of them. So I had a decent weekend. I think I got like the Roosters game wrong and. Um, what else did I get wrong? I got another one wrong. I think I got two wrong, so yeah, not bad weekend. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, again, keep your eyes out for the game companion. Hopefully, you can rewatch the game. Um, we haven't done one before, so we'll see how we figure that out. Um, and then, uh, yeah, hopefully, try not to go too stir-crazy, but try to keep indoors as much as possible. That's it. Uh, cheers. Thanks, guys. See you, Catch you later. Have a good one.